When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. Oh, it's fun. Crazy. It's painful, but it's wonderful. What is the name? It's Roycey Unchained. And welcome to another edition of Roycey Unchained. And Patrick, um, I think we should start with what we saw yesterday afternoon. Two game sevens. Now, I'm not Mr. Basketball, but I watched the the Raptors-Sixers finish was among the reasons why sports is so great. Well, it is. Is that ball still bouncing on the rim? Oh. It was the dangest thing I I've ever... I think it's still bouncing around a couple more times. It was the dangest thing I've ever seen. And as great as the video photos were, the video pictures of that, the still there's still a place for still photos in oh. journalism because the still photos... Of the look on Leonard's face, and whoever that assistant coach is behind there, that maybe it wasn't assistant coach, it was a undress, you know, a player who didn't dress for the game or mm-hmm. something. Sitting, I mean, the ball was on the rim so long, Leonard's laying on it, sitting on the floor, waiting to see if it's going in <laughs> or not, and this guy behind him has got huge eyes, and it was unbelievable. I can't remember a crawler like that. In uh, you see some crawlers when it just hits the front rim and a pops over or something, but side rim high bang comes down, goes over the other <laughs> side, looks like it wants to get out on the second bounce and then comes back in and it's in and you lose. And uh, poor Jimmy Butler. Uh, Jimmy took it well. I thought Jimmy might uh, go crazy because he just had driven down the court to tie it and they played. You know, people are talking about they they cleared it out for Leonard. That was a they hounded him. I mean, mm-hmm. it was not a uh, oh he's going to make this shot. You know, he threw it up. Nobody can say that they saw it hit the front rim and thought that we weren't going to go to <laughs> overtime, right? It was defended by Philadelphia about as well as oh, you could it was defend it. I mean, great. Simmons was on him, and then and B came over to help, yes. and Embiid ended up being the one that Kawhi hit the shot over. But it was defended about as well as you could. Guarded and Kawhi just you just threw it up and made the shot. Nothing and, you can do. Uh, I uh, who do you like, uh, Milwaukee or Toronto? I've been on the the Raptors train since the start of the since the start of the postseason because I felt like even though Giannis is probably going to win the MVP, I felt like Kawhi was the best player in the Eastern Conference, and I think the team with the best player, at least while well, the last eight years, because it's been LeBron, uh, I felt like the team with the best player playing the best, was going to end up in the finals. The, the great thing about uh, the NBA playoffs this year, though, Judd, 
Some unpredictability, finally, right? Yes. Some unpredictability. Yes. Which is what hockey uh, fans complain you know, about basketball not you having. Know, Portland uh, winning at Denver Game 7 after getting just absolutely crushed down there in Game 5. And uh, the Bucks are interesting, too, because the first game against the Celtics... <laughs> They look like they were trying to solve trigonometry, man, didn't they? They look mm-hmm. like they look like Tubby's team against the Northwestern Zone. There, <laughs> uh, they were just pathetic, and then uh, they go out and win four straight. It's uh, you know, and the Celtics just stunk it out. Kyrie looked like he had one foot out the door to those last four games. It just looked like he was already yes, kind of yeah. ready to be done and out of there and just throwing up bad shots, and it just, it it just is, looked bad. It's an interesting balance between the really talented guy who's a pain in the ass, and we had one here in Jimmy, and and the the one who's a teammate. And, you know, Leonard... Certainly his PR wasn't too good when he refused to play for San Antonio, mm-hmm. but uh, he gave it his all. He makes the guys around him better. Kyrie makes the guys around him worse. Embiid makes the guys around him worse. Uh, he's just, I don't know, I'd get rid of that knucklehead. Embiid's a, I think he's, he's a knucklehead. A, he's a strange guy. He is a knucklehead. The Kawhi thing, though, explain this. The postgame stuff, too. How can you be that cool? <laughs> Well, plus he doesn't like to talk. He's always yeah. been there. He's always. But that's why. He's he, unaffected. That's why it had to kill Popovich to have to get rid of him mm-hmm. because he was the pop player of all time, wasn't I, he? Because he wouldn't say anything. I saw somebody tweet out the other day. I think it was like during the Raptors had won game five or something, and Kawhi had a terrific game or whatever, like 40 or something like that. And somebody tweeted out that. Kawhi is basically the wing version of Tim Duncan. He's a he's a small yes. he's he's yes. Tim Duncan, but he's a small forward. He's there. Yeah, he's, he's there. the same type of player. He's just mm-hmm. you watch him play, and he's just a machine, and he shows no emotion whatsoever, just like Tim Duncan did. Yeah, and you know, as I said, that had to break Pop's heart that he had to get. Oh yeah, him. I mean, perfect. he did well for him. He got DeRozan, which is in it had a hell of a year, but. Uh, that was, uh, you know, I think it'll be a hell of a final with the uh, the Eastern Conference Finals, and everybody's ah, the, the Warriors are going to win it anyway. Well, that depends on Durant or not. Although I think they're going to have an easier time with Portland than they would have had with Denver. Am I right? I think yeah, Joe, uh, you I, know, think I, so. I think Denver was had tougher inside, more more balance. But uh, I don't know. It's been fun so far. Now I, the reason I wanted to bring this up is today. This morning, uh, Van Gundy uh, uh, has become a a uh, Stan Van Gundy has become a really a regular on uh, on the uh, Levitard show, mm-hmm. and uh, Levitard came back on and said how much he hates watching Houston play basketball, and the the just the style they play, the, the how boring it is, and Le- and Van Gundy came on and agreed with him, and Van Gundy's. Uh, instinct is to not say bad things about, and you know everybody's a great coach. Frank Vogel, who by the way is the worst coach in history, to try to hire to coach LeBron. <laughs> you know you need a lap dog for LeBron. You don't need some guy who thinks he can coach. So anyway, uh, but Van Gundy said the same thing, and we we now have hired Gerson Rosas on the basis that oh, Houston plays modern basketball, and. It, they play at the worst pace in basketball. 
they dribble the ball for 20 seconds and fire up a three. And everything's pick and roll and, and fire up a three. And, yeah, I hate it. I hate it. I hate the way they play basketball. And uh, I hope this isn't. I hope this isn't his vision. I, I hope his is. vision is a game that's built around Carl Anthony Towns, and yeah. you know it has to be right. Uh, you know, I certainly you shouldn't be shooting nineteen foot two pointers or twenty foot two pointers. If you're Andrew, Wiggins. but there's nothing wrong with a fifteen point two point fifteen foot two pointer uh, inside the free throw line or something. I hate Houston basketball. I don't want the Timberwolves to end up with Houston basketball. I don't think I don't think that's going to be the case. I don't think they're going to The one thing that intrigues me about Rosas is that because he was with Houston a long time, he was around a lot of different head coaches. So he was around D'Antoni, he was around Jeff Van Gundy when Jeff Van Gundy was coaching them back in the mid 2000s he was there when Adelman was there he was there when Mikhail was there and and they played a bunch of different this, styles of play and I don't I don't think that he's going to come in and say all right Andrew Wiggins you got to take 10 11 three pointers in a game and Jeff Teague you got to throw up us. about 12 threes a game and But here's the deal like this that. is not Dan Tony basketball either Dan Tony, when he was at Phoenix, the they played the most fun basketball you've ever Seven seen. Seven seconds or less. Yeah, up and down. Is this Harden, it, though? It, well, it's, it's is Harden. This yeah, I think, it's, I think it's based off of based it's off of the guy It's easier star, and he, yeah. to get, you know, he, he and Paul both hold the ball, both dribble the ball. Right. And uh, this idea that, uh, you know, you're going to just go out and shoot 43s and that's going to make you better is idiotic. In my opinion, and plus I hate. I think the, the NCAA says they're going to move the uh, three pointer back a foot, and God love America, let's move it back three foot. I think three. You want to make it the old NBA three feet three pointer? I, I hate the uh, I hate the three point. Here's, the, here's the thing, though. Pat. I hate it. Here's the thing, though, Pat. You move the three point line back. That's going to hurt everybody except Golden State. Because Steph and Clay, they yeah, like to, right. they like to shoot from no, four feet well, from behind the three point line. Anyway, you're not going to do it in the NBA, but at least in college, it's sure. Uh, yeah, you yeah. Know. Why are they going to move it back a foot? They say. Why do you hate it? I, just because there's no art to it. You know, throw it inside, throw it back outside. Have some jackass who can't play, who's a horse player, stand at the line and shoot it, throw it up. Uh, too many white guys. <laughs> too many JJ Reddicks for too you. Too many JJ Reddicks. JJ Reddick should be selling insurance somewhere instead of shooting threes. He'd be a hell of where did JJ Reddick go to school player. again? Where, where, where did I don't JJ know. Where that has nothing to do with it. So, that, he's a, <laughs> that he's another idiot from Duke has nothing to do with it. Explain this though. Here, here as as non basketball guy, here's what I don't get. Fourth quarter, Raptors Sixers on Sunday. Why are you still coming down and jacking up threes at that point? Why are you not trying to post up Embiid and go inside? Because he's going to get fouled. Like yes. I don't. I, I in December, I get it. But why don't you adjust your style in the fourth quarter of an elimination game to give yourself the best chance possible to, if nothing else, get free throws? Embiid going down and shooting made no sense, and yeah. they kept saying that. Post him up, and I don't think they were wrong. And by the way, they aren't going to pay Jimmy Butler. I don't think they're going to I don't pay think him. they're going to pay Jimmy Butler. They're not going to pay him what he thinks he should no, get. No. And if he doesn't get what he thinks he's going to get, he's going to pout. How's he going to be uh when he starts ripping his, you know, he he's he came close to ripping these boys a couple of times, you know, the young guys, but he'll uh I can see him holding out and showing up for his first practice and 
MFing all of them and uh, screaming at the assistant coaches and the general manager and everybody? How does Embiid work there, too? Because there was a shot after last night's game of Mm -hmm. Embiid crying, which is fine, outside the locker room hugging his girlfriend. For Jimmy Butler, Jimmy Butler's got to call BS right. You can't leave the locker room you know, and go hug your girlfriend. I think Jimmy wanted to. Then call then call him out. He should be in the but, locker room. But here's the thing. I, I can totally buy that Jimmy wanted to call him out. And do it. But he's not going to. Not until he finds out because, if he gets paid yet. Right, exactly. Because, he, because the thing of it is, Fraud. when you look at Chicago and you look at here, now everybody's looking at Jimmy Butler and saying, yeah. oh, okay. How are you yeah. going to handle this yeah. situation? If you guys don't win, how are but you going to handle this situation? Here's the guy who should be disgusted in in Philadelphia. It's Ben Simmons. The way they dis, you know, the way they uh, basically reduced him, you know, to being another player, and he's their best. He's their most talented player. He's got to. He's got to find out. He's got to find a way to hit a shot, a shot outside but, of five feet, though. Yeah, he does. God, he just, but uh, you got to. Uh, you know, you got to let him do his deal too. And I don't, you know, when when he keeps running into Embiid when he tries to get to the basket, that's not uh, going to be the answer. I don't know. They they've got some questions to answer this summer though. With Jimmy, Tobias Harris, what are they going? Are they going to bring him back? Are they going to pay him? Joel Embiid, great player, but he let's be honest, he gets hurt all the time, and he was banged up this and getting sick and stuff this whole this whole series. And Ben Simmons can't hit a shot outside of five feet. So there's there's talent there, but it's um, like what are they what where are they going to go from here now? Have the uh, Bucks been in the final since uh, not since Kareem? Since Kareem? Nope. Wow. What is that? Seventy seventy two seventy three four maybe? Him and Oscar. Yeah. Him and Oscar. Oof. I think they won in seventy one. Did you make that drive, Patrick? I did not get to a playoff game. I I made that drive numerous times, but I didn't uh, I didn't get to see any of those playoff games. But uh, Oscar, by the way, yep. Don't don't give me any of your <laughs> lip. One of the five greatest of all time, Oscar. Oscar. Oh, he gave, okay, uh, okay. I didn't know which way you were going with that. One of the five greatest of all time. Unbelievable. He was uh, he was amazing. But yeah, that's been a long uh, long wait. That's kind of like the. Uh, the St. Louis Blues haven't been there since 1970. When and they, after game one, guess what? I don't think they're going no, back. When after, what happened to the Sharks, man? Brent Burns wants that cup, man. He's playing like a maniac. You know what? Every time I think they're done, they're not done. So so the Bucks won a championship in 71, and the last yeah. conference title was 74. 74. And as far as conference titles go, that's it for them, too. And, and when did last, Kareem leave? Then? That, that's when he left? Seventy. Well, Kareem went to the Lakers after Wilt. Was done. Okay. So, because Kareem and Will never played together in LA. So, yeah, it must have been like 75, 76, maybe when Kareem left Milwaukee. For the Bucks, this is their first trip to the conference final since 01, since Cassell. And I Ray love Allen. everything about Kareem except changing his name and not because he chose a Muslim name, but because Lou El Sindor was such a great name. Yes. And same thing with Cash. I was going to say, so Cash is Clay. I think these are fine names. I'm glad they had their religious conversions 
But Cassius well, Clay and Lou Alcindor are two of the greatest. You know what Harry Carey once said about Rod Carew, don't you? No. With a name like Rod Carew, you have to be able to hit. With a name like <laughs> Lou Alcindor. Did he tell you that from the pump room? And, and, and a name like Lou Alcindor. He said that on the air. A name like Lou Alcindor and a name like Cassius Clay, you have to be able to perform in your sport. If very, they were, because if they were Joe Smith or something, then yeah. you'd say, you know what? Yeah, good name change. But you're right. They're great sports names. Oh, they were great sports names. 75 you know, was his last year. Who cares about Ahmad okay. Rashad, Bobby Moore, who, you know, Dime a dozen, yeah. Bobby Moore. You're right. But, but anyway. Are either one of you guys going to check out the Muhammad Ali thing on HBO that's premiering tomorrow, I think? Uh, There's like a documentary. Oh, yeah. I'm, I, I watch all, on all things Muhammad. That's uh, that's for sure. Nothing will ever top when we were kings, though, the, uh, mm. the documentary. from. I was talking to the young female reporter says, I was talking to Joe Fraser. Ain't he ugly? <laughs> It's just so quick. It's unbelievable. Uh, one uh, of a kind. How well would, would he have fit in now, too? Oh, man. He'd be, like bigger, back then? Than, he'd be bigger than ever. Because mm-hmm. back then, you know, when he first started off, taunting was not... Ex- he invented no. taunting. Yeah. Even in boxing, they yes. were, sometimes they'd call each other names. But mo- even in boxing, they... Uh, showed respect for their opponent. It's going to be a tough fight. Blah blah blah. They were like Caleb Truex. You know, they were going to. I'm going to win, but uh, I expect our opponent. And he, uh, you know, turned the first fight with Sonny Liston. You know, former former jailbird Sonny Liston became the hero of America because we wanted him to shut up this kid from <laughs> Louisville. You know. So uh, he invented taunting, but now today he'd be bigger than ever, wouldn't he? He'd oh, be, he'd be, he'd be unbelievable. This era of social media, oh my God. <laughs> well, his Twitter feed would be fantastic. Oh, somebody would be running his Twitter feed, it would be great. Bundini, he'd have Bundini running his, uh, running <laughs> the, his Twitter the feed. The incredible thing about that time was how far ahead of the curve Ali and Cosell both were. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like Cosell. for Cosell to know where that was going. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And at that time. Yeah, and to embrace this guy. Yeah, yes. And, uh, yeah, it is. It's you know, Cosell was is he the first newscaster who became popular because we hated him? I mean, was he smart enough to to do that? I, I mean, think was, he'd have to be, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't think of anybody else from the media at that time who was despised like that. No, oh, and uh, the great thing about him was how he could. I saw him in Buffalo. The Vikings were in Buffalo for a Thursday night game. Remember when they went to Especially. Thursdays for a while? Yes. He was so loaded. Yep. Two hours before, he was in the press room drinking, Yep. and he was almost sleeping on the table, and he went in and did his show, you know? What's, what's the story? He he threw up on his shoes or on Dandy Don shoes in Franklin Field in Philadelphia <laughs> at halftime. He was so drunk during the game. Yeah. Well, he like hated the Vikings too, didn't he? Well, because they, allegedly, they had, we thought. Yeah, was, but here's the thing, Manny. Because my stepdad told me the story about somebody. <laughs> it was like during Super Bowl week or something. Somebody dumped a well, bucket of water on okay, his head, and his toupee went sliding down the yeah, side. Of somebody his head. did that, but also Bud treated him with total disdain. Okay, so I'm sure he disliked the Vikings. Cause, sure. Hey, Howard's here, and everybody else had run over. Other coaches had run over and kiss his rump, and Bud would. But you know, Bud, Bud's uh, appetite for BS was like this high. You know, there was none. I, I'm holding my uh, 
thumb and uh, index finger an inch apart here. Bud had no time for BS. Although I was out at Winter Park the day that he called uh, the receiver from Washington the little monkey. Uh, wasn't it? Uh, oh, the Mitchell. Was it? No, no, no. It was one of the little, or maybe. Yeah, from what? Yeah. It was from Washington, but it wasn't Mitchell. It was, uh, can't remember. And he called him a little monkey and a, you know, a racist thing. That was the big deal, and, yeah. yeah. And he was big buddies with Jesse Jackson. And he was standing down on the field because the Vikings must have been the Monday night game. And this was like on, I don't know why he was in town. Maybe it was a Thursday night game or something. He was on the field and they, and he, he had some guy coming down to say, Jesse Jackson's on the phone upstairs. He wants to talk to you and show his support, Howard. And then, uh, and then, uh, so I, th- I think it was all setups, but he kept, the, there was media standing around who wanted to talk to him. And then he had, you know, Ralph Abernathy's on the phone. He wants to talk to you. you know, so. Alvin Garrett. Yeah. Alvin Garrett. That's what's Alvin Garrett. Alvin Garrett. Okay. Yeah. yeah. But anyway. that, that did him pretty much after that, though, right? That was the. That was the defining moment of him being yeah, taken off. He never really. I, I don't know if it did or not. You know, Meredith was gone by then. I think, and you know, once they broke up the crew, it was, uh, it was uh, not something. But yeah, you're right. Kosell and Ali, they made each other. You know, I mean, Muhammad would have made it anyway. But uh, he was smart enough to get on there. So uh, we should the uh, fading Minnesota Twins here. Uh, I just wanted to, we, I was on the other day uh, with you guys Friday, right? And Rami was, yes. first of all, I heard Wetmore earlier in that day start talking about October and how the Twins would match up for October. And then Rami was kind of talking about October and how this team was going to hold up. Folks, Seattle was 16-3. and three. You think they're excited? You think they were excited when they were sixteen and three? Have you seen them lately? They're twenty and twenty-three as of uh, this morning, I believe. Uh, here's the deal: it certainly has been positive. It is also one fifth of the schedule, and you have at some you have to look at history. Martin Perez is not going to have a 2.3 ERA. Yesterday, in fact, you saw the Tigers. Okay, he he pitched two straight shutouts by throwing cutters in. Somebody, the Tigers hitting coach, says, hey, look for the ball in. And they hit it. Then they worked away, and then all of a sudden, Castellanos came up and hit the ball away. So... You're basically building this. Barrios is a is a big league number one starter. Gibson is is fine. Mm-hmm. Perez might be fine. Do you really think this is the real Jake Odorizzi? Somewhere in between the rotten Jake Odorizzi <laughs> and the unhittable Jake Odorizzi lives Jake Odorizzi. <laughs> you know, and and I don't want everybody going nuts here. When they go through a week where they go one and six and they average two runs a game and Jake Odorizzi gets lit up twice. It's going to happen. It's baseball. It's baseball. You cannot. Not what Rami told me. It's of, of all the people who should know, it should be Rami. What was it, the Brewers? Was it four or five years ago, maybe even longer, where they were? Yeah. 
you know. Yeah, they, we talked about that. Yep. They got to August 1. They were a machine, and they won one. The rest, they were, they were 3 and 60 or something after that. It's baseball. If things seem too good to be true, they usually are. <laughs> Let me just say, I'm not predicting demise going in the tank, but. Okay, you got Nelson Cruz with a bad wrist, and then everybody's saying a lot of stuff around. You got, you know, Polanco hitting 350. You got uh, Mitch Carver being the phenomenon of uh, of catching. You got Castro. You got great things happening. Does not mean they're going to continue to happen. You're going to have your rough patches. And do not start planning for October, even if the division stinks. Don't start planning for October. Start planning for trying to win 86, 87 games. The division stinking, though, is what gets people excited, right? Yes, well, I guess so. It gets people making the assumptions. Zuh, I guess. But the Red Sox, man. Well, now they're back. Yeah, the Red Sox. They're they're, they're, they're 23 and 20. The Yankees will get healthy. Yes, the Yankees. And by the way, they're not playing poorly. Right. They're playing well. No. Because they didn't lose... All their pitching. But in baseball, yeah. okay, you got Houston. We all know they're good. Yep. You got the Red Sox and the Yankees in the American League. Everybody else is in a big old bag here and uh, vulnerable to playing good and bad. You know, the you got three teams that are going to win 92 to 98, five. You know, Houston, Boston, and the Yankees. And the Twins are right in there with the rest of them, ladies and gentlemen. They're way better than five teams. They're way worse than three teams. And there's seven of them in there fighting for two spots, and they're one of them. So, I mean, this is, it's baseball. It changes. And uh, I was talking to a, a local sportscaster with a rival station to score north. And uh, about this or changing texts on this. And you I and Dave said, Lee just go back and forth said, all, the, said, all the time. <laughs> I said, having the 1969 Cubs seared in your brain probably does tell you that when things seem too good to be true, they usually are too good to be true. So just calm down here, folks. Enjoy what could be a nice, exciting summer. But don't start making the, don't say, I'm not going till October, okay? That's uh, ridiculous. <laughs> but this might be why you also are going to have to consider at some point going out and getting a second starter to Barrios to bolster that rotation if you do think you have a chance. If you want to win, yeah. Yes. If you want to win the division. Uh, or maybe you, you know. Go get a bullpen arm, maybe. They could use I one. think the bullpen arm is uh, not as important as a starter, I don't think. I've been thinking about this, though, the Ki- the Kimbrel thing. You know, he's only going to have X amount of choices after the draft done and the compensatory pick goes away. There ain't going to be a lot. There ain't not going to be a huge amount of teams after him, I don't think. Uh, I don't want him. He's an idiot. He's a jerk. He's a jerk. <laughs> no, I said he'll that with Keichel. I don't want a starter who I'm he'll, he's been a, too long. He, he'll come in here and pout. He'll come in and pout, right, well, then just like that. Morrison. Then I don't want that. Yes. Just like Morrison and Lynn did last year. He's mad because he be didn't get the big he'll contract. He'll be mad because he, he didn't get the big contract, and he's supposed to be a hard guy to deal with, even when he's going good. So, well, that might be an issue then. Would you give up Royce Lewis for uh, Madison Bumgarner? No, nope. Royce Lewis and Kirloff are off the table. Kirloff's off the and table. And after that, we can talk. And if you mention Sano, I'll talk to you. 
Yeah. I don't trust Snow. I'll never trust him. Well, you're probably going to get to see him this week. He might be here today. We haven't if heard Cruz, yet. Yeah, if Cruz, if goes Cruz on the is DL. on the DL. And by the way, we knew his wrist was hurt for a month now, and they kept saying, yes. nothing's wrong. Yeah, because he wasn't hitting as good lately. Well, and Fox Sports North, in, in one of the games I was watching two weeks ago at home, he was holding the bat with a huge gap in there. Mm-hmm. And he tried to explain it away as, well, this is how I like to hold the bat. It's BS. <laughs> <laughs> Your wrist hurts. Yeah. Well, anyway. Would you? Not what? Royce Lewis. If, they, if the Giants called, said Royce Lewis. I would have to uh, ask him if I could uh, if we could sign a two year extension. Yeah, for fifty million. You don't want to give up Royce for no. a three month rental. No, no, especially when even if you win the division, which I think there's a sixty percent chance they're going to, maybe fifty. Uh, even if you're going to win the division, you're still big underdog against any of those other three teams. So. Yeah, I, I don't know if I would, but I, I don't think Rice, Rice is the same prospect that Kirilov is. I think Rice is a good prospect, but I'm not sure that he's. So you think Kirilov's a better prospect? Yes, better hitter, better swing. Okay, that's uh, of course he, one thing that would help is if he actually starts playing some because he missed what the first month or something. Mm-hmm. So anyway, I'm just uh, Bumgarner would be intriguing though. It'd mm-hmm. be a lot of fun. I mean, he's not the same guy he was. Handful of years ago, oh, but I love him. Give him come playoff time I, though. He's a bulldog, man. That's what I like. He's mm-hmm. a bulldog. I like come, the come October. I like the wiring. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you what about him. Now I want this is a podcast, right? Mm-hmm. You know, we just lost the my favorite eunuch on uh, Game of Thrones uh, last night. He, uh, what was his name? <laughs> Barris or something? Bear? What did? Barris, uh, Varus, Varus, right? Varus, yeah. yeah, yeah. I love that guy. He was yeah. my favorite. Too. <laughs> it's kind of a weasel, but yeah. He's but if, Ma- if Madison Bumgarner was a eunuch, he'd weigh twenty pounds less. That's what I. <laughs> that's what I'm telling you. I love. That's what I love about him. He's, uh, I want him. Uh, I want him with the baseball. He's. Uh, he's. He'd be great, man. You know what I would do too if you made that trade. A trade for him, you'd. Uh, You'd have thirty thousand a lot of nights this summer. Yeah, if you get yeah. people at that, he'd be a guy that would excite him more than Kimbrel or Keuchel. I think. Well, more than Keuchel for sure. Yeah. Just go get him and and uh, make a run at Puig too. Get him and oh, Mad Bum in Puig. the same clubhouse. <laughs> <laughs> see how that oil and water would turn did you, out. Did you see his quote yesterday? Would we get it was something about the, he says he's a fast learner. It only yeah, took him seven, seven years. years. <laughs> <laughs> In other words, I've been getting him out with the same pitch. Oh, I can't great. remember who it was at Frankie Viola. Uh, <laughs> can't remember right in. I think it was Manny. I think it was Manny Ramirez. Mm-hmm. Was Manny there when Frankie was at his height? 80s? Was he? Maybe not Manny. Yeah, Ramirez? he was at Cleveland. No, uh, no, no. He no, got to Cleveland It wasn't 90s, Manny. I can't remember who it was. But he, like, only threw him change-ups for, like, three years. He the guy'd come up and he'd throw him four changeups and he'd strike out every time. Right? <laughs> I don't. He never expects it. <laughs> Surprise him every Some time. Slugging, but he'd throw it. Uh, you know, he had one of the great changeups ever. You know who's really developed a great changeup? Gibby. That ball, that that motion is absolute change. Now it's not an eighty-four; it's an eighty-six. But uh, it's uh, you know that was. The guy who tried to get him to throw that was Neil Allen. So, and he's he's really perfected it. It's pretty good. What is up with Hildenberger? 
That's why I'm worried it. about the bullpen. He's had five he outings had a, in May, and they yeah, he had a bad stretch last year too, and then got pretty good. But Whew. you know, it's ordinary stuff. It's it's pretty mediocre stuff, and he's got a so what works that when big, it's working. That big kind of change up that runs away from people, but uh, they might have figured him out. You know, you can't throw the ball past anybody. What's what's his max? Ninety ninety one. It's he's got to fool them, and you know, after a while. You got, uh, you know, maybe maybe you can't fool them anymore. Maybe they're not swinging at that pitch. They're waiting for a fastball, and they never get one. So, But, yeah, he had the same thing last year, and then he became their closer for, what, five weeks or something. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, but I, I got to think he's fallen down the uh, list now that, uh, you know, you got you got May Rogers and uh, Parker are your guys now. So Parker also scares me, though. I think he's better than I thought. He's better than I thought. But, you know, Rodgers is, is the man, that's for sure. Yeah, they could, Manny's right, they could use another bullpen arm. But Are we are we concerned at all that uh, the rest of the American League is going to figure out Ryan Harper? Uh, that he throws 69-mile-an-hour curveballs? <laughs> uh, well, I think they've hidden him pretty well so far. They haven't used him. But, yeah, hey. He's thirty years old, and he's just got to the big leagues for the yeah. basically for the first time. Mm. That's uh, I don't think there's any sport now. Pitching's a little different animal. I don't think there's any sport where you get where you can look at the track record and say, "Okay, this is him." That's why I'm especially you know, bullpen guys. Yeah. Now maybe with this analytical craziness where they they're changing people, you can. You can change that narrative a little bit and and really improve guys, but I, I just you know I just wonder if like Martin Perez Sunday if you started seeing okay he's going to try to get in here with the cutter you know hit that one now now what's he do to you know he came back yeah. and threw changeups away his and adjustment stuff. under the whole but thing. what I'm saying is that it's uh, you know all of a sudden just because you've had an incredible three-week run of starting pitching doesn't mean you're going to have a three-or-eight-month run of starting pitching. It's, it's it's That's what makes it great. You know, it makes it great that Seattle was 16-3 and three and everybody out, hey, man, we broke up the team and they're hitting a home run every game and isn't this great? And now they got 14,000 people at the game again. So And the Red Sox, oh, man. I can't imagine... The columns that uh, Sean, my buddy Shaughnessy and the rest of them have had to eat, you know, because <laughs> of the way they played for. Well, they were awful on that first like long road trip. Five weeks, they five were weeks, and now they're now they go out and get eight runs and thirteen hits every game. So it's uh, that's what I love about baseball. It's endless. I always tell about eighty four, eighty four. The Twins were going to move to Tampa, which would have really been smart, uh, and. Harvey McKay organized the ticket buyout because the Twins had to, there was a clause that they had to have the average of the last three years in the American League attendance or something to keep them in the, to hold them to the lease. And he was buying, you know, on May, whatever it was, 18th or something. He bought, it was half price day on a Wednesday and he bought 45,000 tickets at half price and, so the official attendance was fifty thousand, and the actual in the house was six. And a month later, I mean, they were nobody was going to the games. A month later, Calvin sold the to uh, Polad. Uh, it wasn't official, but the announcement came out, mm-hmm. and 
And then all of a sudden, it wasn't because they sold. All of a sudden, they played good. The division was like this year. It was terrible. And they were five and a half ahead in the middle of August. And they were drawn. They had a weekend series with the Brewers that drove over drove over 100,000 people. And baseball seasons, they're endless. They're endless. Don't, you know, get worked up, but don't think it's all reality. That's well, what I'm saying. In, in this godforsaken town, we need something to be excited about, so I can't blame people. Mm, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> I when you look at the hockey team, the basketball team, and the football team was a, a bust. As you've said, one of the most disappointing Viking oh, yes. seasons on record. These poor people need something to get behind. We did not give them nearly enough criticism for last season. Why is that, you think? It's the new modern uh, Viking fans. They, uh, they're very defensive about the team. Mm-hmm. You know, those of us who grew up with them and the Super Bowl losses are, uh, you know, we're always cynical about the Vikings, and the new generation is always positive about the Vikings. But you know what has had a lot to do with it, too? You go back to the 70s, let's say, with that crowd, the we, the me being a member of the 70s crowd. Mm-hmm. They drafted somebody and they said, "Oh, he might be pretty good." <laughs> you not not you didn't you didn't fill every possible need that your 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 mighty team has with the draft back then. We didn't we didn't believe all this. We didn't analyze every you know who the first two picks and after that if it wasn't a gopher who gave a damn. <laughs> you know you didn't pay any attention. And now it's now there were people clamoring for offensive yeah, linemen. Back and then. yeah, and but. And we've said this before, one of the great optimism, one of the great things about the NFL is every team, for the most part, unless you're the Giants, has a uh, a great draft and fills all their needs and things are going to be better, right? Yes, absolutely. You know, so I even heard somebody talking up Cincinnati. Collar was talking up Cincinnati. I think Collar was talking yeah, Don't up. trust Collar. Cincinnati. I don't I trust Collar. I think he, he, he looks at stuff. He gets on bandwagons. I don't understand he looks sometimes. Stuff. Oh yeah, he does. He's uh, he watches film for God's sake. Yeah, right? which is That's what you said which last can, year which can or be two the, years ago. Which can yeah. be the worst thing sometimes because <laughs> it convinces you of things that aren't real. Mm-hmm. Well, anyway, it's uh, uh, you know they they renew the draft renews football fans and as we've talked about it doesn't but renew it is, baseball fans. But it is still weird that, that a team that signed a quarterback to an eighty four million dollar free agent deal and then proceeded to miss the playoffs by gagging in, in its last game against a team that was already uh, solidified with a playoff spot and did pulled not, their starters. Did not get more heat. Yes. You're it is. you are right about that. Yes it is. It's uh, and that's got nothing to do with the draft. That's got to do with the mentality of I I think part of it, I really do, is we like Zimmer. I think Do we still like Zimmer? I think we still like Zimmer. Yeah, because if we decide we like you from day one, you're in good shape for a long time. Yeah, it takes a while to turn a Childress we didn't like people. day one, well, and that never changed. We decided we liked Patino, and still do, apparently. Somebody pointed this out on, on uh, Twitter that the uh, volleyball team at uh, the U ended up rated number two in the country. Softball teams rated number seven in the country. They're hosting a region. And said, "What do you think that? What do? You, what would the? What would be the reception for the coaches in town if uh, this was football and men's hoops?" And I said, "Holy cow! Mark Coyle might give him a raise and an extension if that was <laughs> if that was the case, you know." So anyway, it's uh, uh, yeah, the women's athletics over there. The, 
I wrote this column a couple of years ago. It's too bad they don't have a men's athletics program to make them proud, you know. Yeah, <laughs> well, yeah the volleyball's fantastic. Well, softball's, and softball's been, been a yeah. tremendous run. They get to play at home, though. Like, two years ago, they yes. were rated number one in the country, and they had to go to Alabama. This year, they yeah. they lose the Big Ten tournament, and they get to play at home, and if they win, if they win the region, they're going to get to host the Super Region. How does this work? Must be is it the NCAA saying we're, we're sorry for last year? Maybe? Apparently, the know. softball committee is uh, we'll make a it very up to you. unpredictable outfit. So <laughs> you don't anyway. say. Fast pitch softball, though, I pointed this out on Twitter again. Is I like it because it goes fast, and mm-hmm. the, the, the the way how quickly the plays have to be made. I covered the, it at the high school level, but the girls in the dugout won't shut up. Shut up and watch the game. You don't have to cheer. Pointless. Chatter constantly. Wait till something happens. Drives me nuts. And it, it's all you hear because the crowds aren't even in the good stadiums that are full. The crowds have, they're kind of pushed back and they don't have crowd microphones. Mm-hmm. So all you hear you is both hear dugouts come on, give me a drink. Come on, shut up. But the games go by fast. You know what, though? Yes, they do. You know what, guys? That's not sexist because your motto about Twins baseball is to sit down, shut up, and watch the game. That's right. You know what? That should be that should be the 2020. Since I don't have a 2019 model, Twins baseball. (laughs) Sit down, down, shut up, up, and watch watch the the game. game. Yeah, (laughs) that's right. And uh, you know. By the way, and it'll cost you five bucks. Holy cow. <laughs> Is that amazing? Well, I told you about the game I went to on my birthday where people were just standing up. It's the no middle reason. of the game. It's a they're tightly t- contested game. And they're talking game. and looking at and their cell phones, yeah. I'm sure. And they're drinking beer, which is totally fine. But they were standing like, sit down and watch the oh, game. Oh, people pay no attention there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. People pay no attention. And Every- they love that park now. That right field astroturf thing is filled with kids and their parents. (laughs) I don't know why they're there. You got a park. You know what? You got a nice park block from your house everywhere if that's what you want to do. Exactly. If you want to take the kid on a on a merry-go-round ride, go to the go to the neighborhood park. And it's real grass. Yes. Yeah. Instead of turf in your park. I have a proposition for the folks at Target Field as well. Add another mini donut vendor. Really? They only have one. Line? They only have one. I was at the game Friday, and me and the gal st- stood oh, I... in the mini donut line for about 20 minutes. You're kidding me. Dead serious. Where oh, is it? Yeah. It's like, it's it's actually right over by the, the, the little turf thing. In, oh, in yeah. Right no, okay. Yeah, it's right over in that area there. It's I can always the... tell how bad the crowd is if I go uh, down the escalator to go to the red cow stand, and if they're backed up. Too far for me to stop there. Then I uh, then I know they had a decent crowd. So you know I kind of like the fact when it's empty because you can go down and get a red cow burger. It's, uh, <laughs> you don't have to stand in line. It's uh, it's good. But Although, the mini donuts, man. I I agree with you. There's what what's it take to put a mini donut stand up? A, yeah. a machine. Let's add go another here. one. Just yeah. add another one. That's right. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's see. What else are we upset Unchained. about? This Unchained. Week? Unchained. Do we have an unchained or a positive? I think pat? I just had my unchained yeah, about. Uh, All right, what's the positive? Girl pat? softball players. You're right. Girl, uh, what is the positive pat? The positive pat is positive pat, and the bride are going to Montreal first time in history. Never been there. Nice. Both of us were going on a little vacation, and uh, then we're going up to Quebec City, and uh, I'm uh, looking forward to it. Uh, 
because I just wish I'd uh, taken French in high school in Fulda instead of German, because in German I can say ein glas beer and ein glas milch, and I could, whatever it'd be in French, I could say uh, ein glas milch, but I, I don't have any French, but uh, I'm looking forward to that. And you know what we're referring to this as? She might not be, but I am. Our last honeymoon. <laughs> you know, everybody, talk, everybody talks about a first honeymoon, a second honeymoon. This is the last honeymoon. <laughs> Sounds after like a movie this, title. After this, we're packing it in, baby. So, uh, yeah, it'll be fun. I hope. Uh, I just wish there was an event to see. There's nothing there. You know, the hockey team, again, the Canadians. Oh, well, they've been gone forever now. <laughs> What you got? You got uh, no baseball. No, no baseball. Is there no, a minor league team there? I don't think so. I don't think so. As uh, as some people have said to me, they got the greatest gentlemen's clubs in the world yes. there. I said, that's a pretty good idea. Thanks for that one. I'm taking my wife along, and I'm 73 years old. But I think I'll, I think, hey, honey, I'll be back. I'm going to the gentlemen's it's club. It's the former that might be the problem, <laughs> yes. not the latter. <laughs> She might object. That's true. Oh, that's true. All right. All right. Enjoy that's, yourself. That's good. I am. Uh, I am going to enjoy myself. Yes. All right. Unchained. We are uh, done for this week.